ain't ain't a word, so I ain't gonna use it. You hear that, children? Ain't ain't a word, so I ain't gonna use it. I ain't gonna use it. I ain't right in the head. to me I love this song I lost my virginity to this song it's a great notion isn't it finding that perfect song to lose your virginity to I mean it's something that you want to be memorable and special so you know you commit to a special song that you like I mean uh, you have your songs by you know people like Marvin Gaye or Barry White or you know, Weird Al Yankovic, but uh, let's be honest, the only sounds a guy is going to remember from his first time are lyrics that go something like, what the hell are you doing? Or, slow down, speedy. Or, no, not in there. Or, in my case, all I can remember is, do whatever, just do whatever, you're paying me by the hour. Oh. Her name was Eight Ball. Her signature sex move was the the rack 'em up. Best thirty dollars I ever spent. Oh, Eight Ball, why'd you have to die in that dumpster fire? Anyway, uh, welcome to the Ain't Right in the Head podcast. I'm your Ain't Right in the Head podcaster, Mark Hoffman. Welcome aboard. So today I like to talk about habits. Uh, you know, they say, you know, good habits exist, much like they say there's existence of Bigfoot, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, and the X-rated balloons at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that aren't televised because that's when the cameras pan away to some crappy musical number that they're doing on the street. I mean, that last one is my own theory, but it's one that I, I think I'm getting closer to proving every year. Anyway. So good habits, I guess, do exist. And, I mean, it's it's not just wishful thinking from your doctor, but you rarely group them with habits in general, which are mostly bad. Now, the categories for habits, bad habits, they usually you know fall into uh, two different ones. There's voluntary and involuntary. For example, I always tell people about my bowel movements as soon as I come out of the bathroom. I mean, if I just pee, I normally don't say anything unless it took like an unusually long amount of time or or if it was purple or something like that. But people who know me know when I had a bowel movement because the first thing I say when I emerge from the bathroom, public restroom or crowded merry-go-round is, oh man, (laughs) and that's followed by detailed description of the bowel movement I just had. I mean, I always like include how it made me feel both physically and emotionally and, you know, what I learned about myself going through such a thing. So that's an example of involuntary bad habits because I just can't help myself to tell people about it, despite what my wife says. Uh, (laughs) She thinks I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) Now, uh, people who voluntarily do their bad habits, well, those are sick bastards you really have to look out for. 
Yeah, if I'm ever invited to a high school <laughs> graduation and <laughs> they ask me to do the uh, commencement speech, I-, I think that's the one I'm going to give. Bad habits, bowel movements, and uh, tips on uh, personal hygiene. That's something that will stick with those kids well into their next week. Something I want to bring back by uh, popular demand from last episode. Well, not really popular demand. I didn't hear anyone say anything ill or positive about it. But, uh, ah, hell, I just wanted to do it because it's fun. Uh, I am going to do another um, installment of the uh, groundbreaking True Crimes of the Profoundly Perverted. So, snuggle up to someone you love or just, you know, get closer to the window of whoever you're stalking and enjoy this episode of True Crimes of the Profoundly Perverted. Ain't Right in the Head podcast presents True Crimes of the Profoundly Perverted. The names and places and locations in this report from law enforcement have been changed to protect the innocent and because it makes it more funny. Episode 2, Volume 4, Part 5, Releasing Wildlife in the Park. 36-year-old Frank Peters has been accused of exposing himself to visitors at a state park. Rangers from the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources received multiple phone calls about a man exposing himself to the great outdoors, as well as exposing himself to other people visiting the great outdoors. One witness reported that she was kayaking near a park's beach area when she saw a male later identified as Peters emerging from the woods, unaware at the time he was armed with a log and two stones. Peters was friendly as he engaged in conversation with the woman and her friends, but that's when he took off his shorts and walked into the water with his exposed flesh canoe between his legs. The women then left the area. It was unknown if they did so in terror or were giggling. Two other women told park authorities they noticed Peters in a vehicle exposing his morning wood and asking the women if they wanted to watch him beat up the one-eyed ranger. They watched long enough to photograph the vehicle with their cell phone cameras and called 911. The photographed hot rod mobile of Peters was located and the driver inside was identified as Peters, who had unzipped his pants. The inhabitant inside the pants was identified as Peters Piper. Peters admitted to removing his pants in front of the three females and showing off his mushroom on his stick. He was charged with open lewdness and disorderly conduct. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Crimes of the... Wait, what? Another one? Oh, shit. Okay. Hold on. (coughs) Episode 2, Volume 4, Part 2, Figure 8, The Irish One Eye is Smiling. Local police reported that 50-year-old Willie Wagstaff of New York went to an Irish pub where he could have stayed in for a pint of spotted dick ale and the pub's famous corned beef, but he decided he'd rather spend that time beating his own meat. 
Witnesses told police that Wagstaff had been roughing up his ugly one-eyed Irishman in the bar, and after he was told to stop putting mayo on his meat and potatoes and to leave the pub, Wagstaff pulled a knife. Not his pork knife, but an actual knife. Another man at the pub soon got into an altercation with Wagstaff, and during that said altercation, the man pulled his pistol on Wagstaff. Not, not a yogurt fun gun, but a real pistol. Wagstaff fled like the scared turtle retracting into its shell, but he was later located at a nearby pharmacy, and next to him in the trash can was Wagstaff's homemade knife. I mean, not his clam sticker, but an actual knife used in the alleged crime. Wagstaff was arraigned before a local magistrate on charges of simple assault, open lewdness, and public drunkenness, and placed on a $25,000 bond. Thank you for listening to this installment of True Crimes of the Profoundly Perverted. Okay, and uh, I found a news story. Actually, I found this uh, news story a while ago, and I talked about it on my radio show yesterday on WMBS uh, 590 AM. Uh, the radio show is called Locally Yours. Um, it's it's done by uh, uh, my newspaper, the Herald Standard. Uh, now, I really don't want to repeat stories that I covered either in my humor columns or on the radio show, but... After I discussed this topic on the air, I was driving home and I started thinking about like more stuff to add to it. Uh, it, it's like, you know, hours after you have an argument with someone and suddenly you think about a real clever zinger to add to it, but it's like a wasted squirt of creativity because you're already shot and killed and buried the person with whom you're arguing. So it's like, oh, it's totally wasted. Anyway, it is a horrible feeling and I don't want to feel that way. Again, so that's why I'm going to share the story with you. Um, the headline reads, Scientists create drinkable vodka with water and grain from Chernobyl. A team of scientists announced they have created a safe-to-drink vodka from water and grains taken from the inside of the Chernobyl exclusion zone in the Ukraine. Now, I know that that show, like Chernobyl, on HBO was like really popular, but... I don't think that's the best way to capitalize on that success. Uh, the name of the uh, vodka is Atomic, A-T-O-M-I-K, vodka. And it was created by a university scientist uh, from, like I said two other times, grain and water from inside the exclusion zone. Um, the scientists were part of a three-year research project into the radioactivity of crops grown inside the 19-mile radius around the Chernobyl nuclear plant, and it, which experienced a re reactor explosion in 1986. And the question is, and will always remain to me, why are these scientists making vodka when they're supposed to be doing research on radioactivity in, like, the worst uh, you know, nuclear disaster area? <laughs> I mean, anyway... Uh, project leader Jim Smith told CNN that 30 years after the accident, what they found in the area of the crops were slightly above 
the very cautious Ukrainian limit for consumption, like radioactivity. So technically, no one can eat those crops, but they thought, well, we got some grain. Uh, why don't we try to making some vodka? That's what, he, that's what they told CNN. But, I mean, they should just be honest and say, we were bored. One scientist dared another. Words were exchanged, and the next thing we knew, we were all getting nuclear wasted. Get it? Like, wasted, but nuclear waste, wasted? Uh, shut up. Anyway, Smith's team found distilling the vodka reduced the radioactive contamination. I mean, this, is, this shouldn't be a sentence. <laughs> I mean, I mean this, this sentence should not uh, reflect real life. Uh, re- re- reduce the radioactive contamination to an undetectable level, making it safe to drink. Okay. Smith said when you distill something, lots of impurities stay in the waste product, and the final product is more pure. And that's what they found with their vodka. Finding they could measure any radioactivity, they couldn't measure any radioactivity in the product except neutral carbon-14, oh, natural, I'm sorry, natural carbon-14 that you can find in any spirit drink or any food. Okay, well, I mean, scientists are not. I mean, I've watched that show, Moonshiners, and you have to be careful with making hard alcohol because, I mean, it's illegal for a reason, and that's because if you do it wrong, it can cause blindness. I mean, in this case, one of the project interns, they went blind after sampling some of the vodka, but, you know, he grew two more eyes in his forehead, so it was all good. So, cheers. Now, this part I couldn't do on the uh, radio show uh, because, you know, there's guidelines and rules and whatnot. Uh, but I actually went out and I bought a bottle of Atomic Vodka. And, uh, you know, I, I would say I'm a, a liquor connoisseur uh, in some aspects. Like, I like to drink, basically, is what that means. So I, I thought I would, you know, try it and uh, you know while I'm doing this podcast and Give you guys some, you know, tasting notes. What I, you know, if, if if you're not familiar about tasting notes, it's sort of, it's sort of like the uh, subtle uh, flavors and experiences, I guess you could say, that you find when you sample, uh, you know, say a wine or a whiskey or a bourbon, and even vodka. So some vodkas you can kind of like taste a little subtleties or smoothness to it. So uh, let's try it. I got my bottle right here. Well, it's not really a bottle. It's a. Um, it's more like a canister. Has a lot of weird symbols on it. Like I saw, uh, looks like the thing from Mister Fusion on Back to the Future too. But uh, we're gonna try this vodka, and I'm kind of excited for it. And I'm gonna tell you like some of the some of the um, um, attributes to it that I can taste. So here we go. Taking a sip. Oh yeah. Mm. Okay, you gotta gotta let the <coughs> sorry. Mm. Gotta let the fluid oh go over your tongue a little bit so you can your your taste buds can uh, can bathe in it. All right. Um. Mm. Well, I mean, right off the bat, I'm I'm getting like a heavy a heavy hint of casium one thirty seven. It's very distinct. Uh, yeah. What else do I taste here? Um. Uh, I see I think isotopes of iodine. Um, that, that's that's a little bit more subtle. Um, let's see. Oh, 
my bad. I did I didn't do what they call the nose, which is you 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 get the spirit of what you're drinking and you kind of like you breathe it in through your nose and you kind of like open open your um kind of nasal cavity. You kind of let the uh the scent, the aroma kind of travel, you know, through your nose and you, you actually kind of you kind of pick up on more. So wait, one sec here. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, the nose of this vodka uh, certainly has a, a heavy presence of xenon gas. Um, kind of picking up on a little bit of krypton, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with with the uh, the bouquet. I think is what they call of this. And um, let's see, I'm going to take another sip. <sighs> Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely iodine one thirty one, and and I, I would say um, this uh, particular bottle has a half life of uh, one hundred and thirty seven years. So, oh, I mean, I was having my doubts, but <laughs> this atomic vodka. I mean, uh, go out and, and buy it. If you can smuggle it past uh, the TSA at your local airport, I'd say go for it. It's well worth, uh, you know, uh, gel time. And just look at it this way. Uh, when you make Pruno, when you're in gel, you know, Pruno, it's called, it's toilet wine. You can make that in prison. And uh, I, I think uh, this is going to like serve as inspiration that if you can make a quality vodka, from nuclear waste, anything's possible. And uh, I'm going to have to <clears throat> take a little break because I think I'm growing a second throat. So one second. Alrighty then, guys. Uh, that does it for me. Um, don't forget to check out my humor column running tomorrow in the Herald Standard. You can read it online at www heraldstandard.com just check out the uh, community tab and look for according to hoffman um this week i'm writing about the home alone uh remake announcement and how it's a horrible idea and i even give some pointers to uh the hollywood elites out there so <laughs> maybe they'll take me up on it who knows um so check that out uh you know check out my book stupid brain on uh, amazon.com it's exclusively on Amazon.com because no one else wanted it. But anyway, you could read it on there. Uh, it's only five bucks, so hey, why not? Uh, what else am I trying to plug here? Uh, oh yeah, check out my radio show, uh, locally yours on uh, WMBS 590 AM in Uniontown. Uh, you can find that online as well. Um, and that's about it. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Please check out the Christmas episode of Barney Miller. Uh, check your local listings for details. That's it. I'm out.